I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is hour two of VSIN Final Countdown live from South Point in Las Vegas. Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown with you. We are continuing to keep an eye on this famous Idaho Potato Bowl. The uh, team from Eastern Michigan has a 10 point lead now over San Jose, 23, 13, with two minutes remaining in the second quarter. So unfortunate for my San Jose state minus four in the little contest that we have going on here. Uh, the Vison prime time college football contest, lots to come though. Here in this hour, we talked to JVT a little bit earlier. We'll have Danielle Alvari on the program this hour, get into some LA sports talk. I know she always interested in talking about the chargers who've been a little bit resurgent here lately. And it is also dun, 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 teaser, teaser Tuesday. Tuesday. We know the fight. Another, another one. Another one. We're the best. Teaser Tuesday. We're going to make it through the whole season. Without getting a cease and desist on that, you love to see. Yeah, it. I know it really is. Like <laughs> seriously, like we're gonna make it through the whole the whole year. Okay, I, I, that's that's something to be proud of here. Really. I think so yeah. as well. Another there's, one. There's like sometimes though, there's like just past stacks of mail that like, and we just haven't read like it. Nine, that's what it is. We just haven't C&Ds, read it. Yeah, yeah. Like some, I mean, thing. who uses paper mail anyway? Yeah, I mean, send yeah. us an email. Sarah, if you really email us your C and D, okay? Like tweet it to me. My DMs are open. This is an interesting week for teasers, though. Um, And there's one game that you and I were just kind of talking about in the commercial break that I I haven't fired on yet, but 
you were saying that if the weather forecast ends up being what it is, then it's just something that you have to you have to find a way to play. And that's we talked about the weather issues already. But the Saints Browns game, the winds are supposed to be insane. It's the lowest total that we've seen in an NFL game in over a decade. And you could tease the Saints from plus three to plus nine in a 32 total game just feels like something you have to do. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing some people either take advantage of the three or starting to play some, some teasers as well, because just as we were on break, the Browns went to two and a half at one, two, three, four, five of the major books out there. So, so I need to do it at the South point. I'm is guessing what you're saying, there was well, a, three. either a release from, you know, one of the influential groups out there on this game, or again, people are just kind of paying attention a little bit more now to what's going on. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of like an auto play for me. And I guess since this is getting noticed at this point, I'm going to need to do it sooner than I thought. Yeah. I thought I was going to have a couple of days to do it, but but yeah, taking the Saints up to eight and a half or nine in a game. Look, one, the Browns' offense hasn't looked good anyway. It hasn't looked good, good at all in any since Deshaun Watson's come back. But listen, this is quite literally one of the craziest weather situations maybe we've seen in you know in a in a in a long, long, long time. I mean, we're talking negative. Feels like negative. You know, ten degrees with also twenty-five mile an hour sustained winds with gusts up to 35, 40. You cannot move the ball consistently mm-hmm. in that. It's going to be turned around and handed off every single time, just about. And it's going to be who can just kind of slog through uh, you know, a game that's probably going to have 45 to 50 rushing attempts from each team, you know. And so th- that's basically what we're what we're dealing with. I don't here. know if you've ever been in that stadium either. I was just talking to some friends that report in the NFL that have, and they said that even when a game isn't this cold and the wind is whipping through there, it is a miserable experience. So all the more reason I feel like having yeah. boots on the ground that it felt that yeah. way. Yeah, and, and again, listen, this, this is not a – let's just like kind of break this down really though. This is not a handicap of either one of these teams. Like, and, and sometimes we have to do this in gambling, and sometimes we have to do this in, in you know, from a speculation standpoint and things. But it doesn't matter what whether you think the Browns are exponentially better than the Saints or not, or whether you think that the the, the Saints, like at this point with Andy Dalton a quarterback, or is dust or whatever. That doesn't all this doesn't really matter at this point. It's how valuable having eight and a half or nine points in a game with a total mm-hmm. of thirty one and a half or thirty two comes down to, especially in a situation where the scoring environment is going to be so, so difficult and so terrible that every one of those points incrementally is even more valuable because you're like, there's not going to be explosive plays unless it's just a weird deal where, you know, the whole defense falls over or something or, you know, like like that's all of that kind of gets taken out of, out of account as well. And so that's why like the, the high variance of some of these situations where we say like, sometimes we don't want to tease these things because you know, games with totals in the 50s and different stuff, like, it's it's kind of projected to have a, a lot of variance, right? Splash plays, different things like that. It's the only way you get to 50-plus points in a game. That is not the case here. That is not the case at all. And so every single one of those points, even more than normal, is even more valuable mm-hmm. in, in this game. And so, again, you could think the Saints were on the same level as the Texans almost, and you would still almost have to autoplay this, yeah. right? Like, if that said Texans on there instead of Browns, I would still probably play it. I'm ser- like I'm being dead serious. Like even if it said Texans on it. Well, and I think a great example of that is we all remember the severe weather game last year with the Patriots and Bills in Buffalo, where that game ended up being 10-14. But like that wasn't a game where you're like the Bills are so much better mm-hmm. than this Patriots team right now. But based on where the spread is, like okay, there's yeah. actually opportunity here because you know it's going to be low scoring. You know that this is going to affect things significantly. Yeah, I mean like another one. Like so, I mean just starting Thursday, right? I mean like just starting two days from now, this Jacks Jets game. It's not a full-on teaser. I mean, 
what you see on the screen here is what's behind us. Rest of country, you can find the Jags as one-point dogs right now, or you can find the Jets as one-point mm-hmm. dogs. So you actually have your choice, whichever way you want to go with this game. And and you would go through the three. You hit the seven. You didn't get through the seven, but you would at least go through the three, which is by far the most uh, you know common number when it comes to to spreads. And then you would at least hit the um, you'd at least hit the seven. And again, it's a game of the thirty-eight total. We know that it's Zach Wilson, the quarterback for the Jets. We know look, Trevor Lawrence. By the way, if you're worried about that, was back at practice today and stuff. Like he's been dealing this toe injury. They're talking about it now just because the because the Jags like have been playing well or whatever, but he's been dealing with his toe injury for the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's like this isn't anything new right. um, that, that, that we're talking about here. So, I mean, that is even kind of a untraditional kind of leg there to where you get it through the seven, to, through the three to the seven with a Jags team. So, I mean, that's even something I think that that is is on the table in a week like this where it's not the same weather type situation as a lot of these games, but again, bitterly cold, going to be at least a little bit of wind, things like that. And of course the Zach Wilson mm-hmm. factor. And uh, just FYI, if you're keeping an eye on the potato bowl, I know I'm emotional because I'm invested, <laughs> but I'm chalking this up as a loss already for me in the contest with San oh, Jose. Boy. Darius Lassiter scores a 28 yard uh, touchdown reception. They went 80 yards in two minutes and 30 seconds with a minute to go now left in the second quarter before halftime. So a significant lead now for Eastern Michigan, 30 to 13 in Boise, oh, Idaho. Boy. You don't like to see oh, it total boy. in this game though. 54 yeah. and at the break, 43 points scored. So if you had an under, you're not feeling particularly yeah. great at Things this point little, right now. Things are getting a little wacky in little that game. Bit. A little bit. I'm not liking what I'm seeing here. But How keep about this? Going so let me propose teasers. one to you. Yes. Let me propose one to you. The Panthers oh God. up to eight and a half at home against the Lions. I can't get there. No? No, I don't think so. Just because, and I, I don't mean this bad, but I thought that maybe if the Panthers would have at least beat the Steelers this past week, that they would mm-hmm. be a team that I'd have interest in backing here down the stretch, and I I just don't see it that way. The Lions are playing so well. You talked about Jared Goff. Yes, he is going to be outside, mm. so I know that that can stray people off of them a little bit. But I don't, I just don't really have interest in buying in on a team that I don't yeah. believe in, with the exception of their defense playing okay. Yeah, that's all they really have. You know, the uh, the other thing about this, like the Lions defense as They've been a whole, playing good. especially the run defense. I don't know what they did on the run defense side of things, but like the run defense has actually been pretty well over the last like six weeks as mm. well. And so the reason I don't like this one in particular is there is a path to the Lions winning at margin. Like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like like they have an offense that can score quickly and score in bunches. And we've seen the Lions on multiple occasions this year where they score like on three straight drives and things like that, right? And so for me, that team can win at margin, and so that doesn't that doesn't appeal to me in the least bit. So a teaser that I do have in pocket mm-hmm. currently is similar to JVT. I took the 49ers down from 7-1 to one mm-hmm. against the Commanders this week, and then I grabbed the Bills when they were 8.5, so I took it down to below the field goal at 2.5 yeah. at Chicago this week. But now it's 9 largely across the board, so you kind of either have to hope that something changes or do a 6.5-point right. teaser, which I, don't, I know that you don't recommend, mm-hmm. and it's just not fun to have to pay that. Um, but that's a teaser that I do have in pocket and I think makes sense because the bills should beat the bears by more than a field goal. Um, and I like San Francisco in general, just the way that they have been playing with, with or without Brock Purdy. It doesn't really matter necessarily who's orchestrating the offense because they have so many weapons defensively and, and around whoever's playing the quarterback. Yeah. The, the, I think the one that JVT had, if you're looking for one that is at least a little bit more traditional to pair with that 49ers, like I don't like the Ravens overall in general. You guys know that. But, like, getting them down to a point and a half against the Falcons where the Falcons really at this point only have one 
one mode of trying to move the ball, and that is running the ball. And actually, the Ravens' run defense has been pretty good all season long, and it's been a little bit better as they've gotten a little bit healthier over the course of the season here. And and I don't know if it was a fir- just the first game or if this was, again, a philosophy that they'll use kind of moving forward as well, but they protected Desmond Ritter pretty well. I mean, there were multiple – I don't know if you watched any of that game at all, but, like, he – there were like some third and 11s and like, you know, third and nines and things where they ran the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they didn't even want to put him in a position to, to turn it over. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't. And I don't think, I don't think it's necessarily they don't trust him as much as it is like, hey, let's not just like pile on this, you know, the, the pressure on this kid. So now here you go. First game on the road, like outdoors and a, you know, what's going to be kind of sloppy conditions and things like that. And, Without any real, you know, threats other than other than Drake London, I, I know. I mean, I listen. I don't like the Ravens as much as as much the people out there who who want to fade this team, but I think getting them down to a point and a half is is probably a pretty solid. Leg. What about this one? I know it's kind of gross because Tennessee has been so awful lately. But you take the seven down to one against the Texans. They beat Houston by a touchdown in Houston earlier this season. Derrick Henry had how many? A million yards, two hundred nineteen yards, and two touchdowns in that game. Is this a game where the Titans could run all over and just get the win? Well, I mean, this is down to five at DraftKings. And so with this down to five, I would probably just lean more towards just playing the Titans if you think that the Titans are the side here in this thing now that we're in that kind of like weird really dead zone five. number or something like that. Um, I, I Look, the Texans, I understand that they've shown signs of life or whatever, but it, it, like the one thing the Titans actually do well is like the real big thing that the Texans are horrible at. And so... It wouldn't surprise me. As, as, again, I don't like the Titans either. I'm pretty down on the Titans, but them winning by a touchdown wouldn't surprise me at all. We are going to step aside, but I hope you enjoy Teaser Tuesday. Plenty more coming up on Hour 2 VEASAN Final Countdown with Matt and Stormy. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life— We've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is v Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network. Watch football with a little more on the line by playing free in the Guinness Time Challenge. Just visit DraftKings.com slash Guinness, set your lineup, and watch the action unfold as you play for your share of 115000 bucks all season long. Guinness, made of more terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. For details, welcome back to VEASAN Final Countdown. Stormy Tony and Matt Brown with you. Luckily, you didn't just choke or Good whatever stuff. was happening moments ago. We're safe here on VEASAN Did Final Countdown. Did not time that protein bar very well <laughs> at all. Man, and it was tough. Those last few bites were tough to get down. I'll tell you who's not eating on the job because she's prepared and she's sitting at her spot ready to go for her hit. Danielle Alvarez, she's not going to do me like that. Welcome in. Got to hit my macros, man. <laughs> Am I yep. not supposed to be eating right now? Dang it. Actually, you're lucky because you've got kitchen access just right at your fingertips. I'm actually very jealous of this. Yes, I'm, but I'm about two steps away from the kitchen and about uh, 15 minutes away from eating my lunch. See, so she's at least waiting until she's off the air, unlike some people. Uh, welcome in, Danielle. Appreciate you taking some time with us. You know I always have to open up talking about your UCLA Bruins hoops a little bit. Fresh off back-to-back top 20 wins now at Maryland and then against Kentucky at MSG, which you were in the house for. How was that experience, and are the Bruins the real deal? Are they back on track officially? Uh, the Bruins are definitely the real deal. I have to say against Maryland on Wednesday, first of all, great job by that planning to make sure that they had an East coast game before they had to go play at the garden and able to get it done against Maryland. Like you said, a top 25 opponent here, really two top 15 games that they played. And then going into the next game, I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe they're going to be high on that Maryland loss. But really what we've seen from UCLA is steady improvement each game in the areas that they're been trying to develop. For example, a Bona coming in at center, they had to rotate through three centers in that game 
game on Saturday. So able to overcome a lot of adversity, moving in the right direction and bolstered by that senior leadership. Jaime Hawkins Jr. has been incredibly stable for them. He had a little offseason ankle repair and since then has looked even better than last season. So I think UCLA is trending in exactly the right direction. So you are looking at a college basketball game as uh, San Jose State and Cal Poly are going at it. Look at you digging deep. You like San Jose State in this one. I do. I, you know, I grew up near San Jose state. Actually, mm. I went to some of these games and my parents both went to Cal Poly. So I love, I said this on Greg Peterson show last night, exposing people to West coast basketball, because I'm sure they don't want to hear about it at all. We love that East coast bias, but Cal Poly right now, just not their time. They're on a two game losing streak, just lost to Weber state by 29. Uh, and they're on the road here versus San Jose state, which again, is not a huge travel for them, but a road game. Nonetheless, their offense has been lacking big time to the point where I almost wanted to look under in this game until I saw the total was at one. 21, which is a touch too low for me. But what we've seen from Cal Poly lately, huge spells of no scoring. Four of their last five games have gone under. San Jose State, by the way, loves to play slow. One of the slowest playing teams in terms of pace, uh, according to Ken Palm. Cal Poly's defense is also a little touch better than San Jose. So again, would love to look at an under, but I think 121 is a touch too low. An opportunity for a live, but I don't know if you'll get it because again, Cal Poly's offense is really abysmal. Uh, somehow they've covered five of their last six games, but I think that ends here. San Jose State uh, will beat them on offense. They'll beat them on the board. They've covered three straight. They've also had three straight unders, and I think the Spartans get this done at minus six. Well, I certainly hope that San Jose State basketball treats you better than SJSU football is treating me currently in the potato bowl because uh, they were a four, four and a half point dog to open this to favorite Mm -hmm. to open this thing out, and now live 13 and a half is what they're getting. So I am not very pleased it with what's happening to nothing as on well. the field. Well, good for you for betting these bowl games because there's well, such a. So this game, I didn't technically, I, what, I didn't Danielle? bet. I'm in the VSIN primetime contest for this one. And I was six and two to start off things. And now after this travesty, I'm going to be six and four. So I'm the last two days. have been great for me. What are you smiling about? I hate this. I hate this. <laughs> uh, no, me and Danielle had a little thing going. Uh, you were having your rant or whatever. Danielle wanted to say a, a curse, but she didn't. And I just got, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's know. Fine. we keep it's it, fine. we keep it clean. Yeah. We keep it clean. But, uh, uh, no, what that, what's funny too about us at VSIN is obviously we have these fun contests and things, but as a better, you get to pick what you bet. And poor yeah. Stormy is being forced to bet on these bowl games. Yeah. That's one that I probably wouldn't have chosen, which is why I didn't put my actual money down on it. Now I just have to sweat it so that people don't think I suck, which I, I am not it's vibing. Like, it's like Nobody the thing that I keep that. saying over and over again is just like we, the, we, all these contests we talk about, we don't get where I'm like, they have to post all the games, but we don't have to bet them. And yeah. it's like, no, 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 they tell you exactly. <laughs> like, no, you have to bet this. And yeah. You have to bet Except this. Like, no, that's not so what we're trying to say This here. is my nightmare. But not what I'm selling. That's not what I'm selling. That's against my brand let's, there. Uh, let's go to the NBA where there are five games tonight, Danielle, but you only chose to bet one of them. <laughs> like, because that's two. what we do, right? I we have two. Oh, you have two. Okay. Well, yeah. still, still not every single one. And that's what's important here <laughs> is finding your strengths and what works for you on the card. What you got for us? Uh, so this is one that our lovely JVT, our senior NBA analyst, is he still senior NBA analyst? Has he been upgraded from that yet? He should be. What's an upgrade uh, from he senior? Likes, uh, I, vice I chancellor. Vice. <laughs> vice chancellor of NBA betting. Yes. That's what he is. Uh, on the we, horizon we him for that. him. Yes. There we go. JVT talked about this game for his best bet, Jazz at Pistons. He likes the Pistons money line here, thinks the Jazz are a little depleted. And for that reason, I'm looking at the props. Utah has been struggling on the road. We set this up here. Utah is one and seven straight up, three and five ATS in their last eight road games. And in those road games, they've been outscored by more uh, almost nine points per 100 possessions. Now, that said, Utah's going to be shorthanded in this one. Colin Sexton out still, and Kelly Olinick going to be out for this uh, as well. That's not going to help the offense. Someone has to step up. 
I think it's Jordan Clarkson. These la uh, the last time these two teams played the Pistons and the Jazz, he went nine of 17. He scored 24 points, but Sexton and Olenek were also playing in that game, which obviously pulls some defensive focus. So if we look back to their most recent loss to the Cavs, Sexton and Olenek both out for that one. Clarkson went eight of 21 for 23 points. So he's stepping up where he needs to. He's averaging 21.3 points per game in his last 10 games or so. Uh, but I think his usage and his attempt should be up tonight. Plus Detroit's defense is lackluster. They're 20th in points per 100 possessions in December, 116.2 being the number. So I'm going to go Clarkson over 21 and a half points uh, for this uh, game. Then you are looking here, Knicks and the Warriors. Of course, a very shorthanded Warriors team. And you are yeah. uh, going against the Cali team, are you? Huh? Yeah, Warriors huh? on the road. This is not news. They perform mm. badly on the road. They're four and thirteen ATS uh, on the season this year on the road. They just beat the Raptors on the road. Only their third road win of the season, thanks to a heroic performance from Jordan Poole, forty-three points. I don't know if he'll be able to duplicate that working on one day's rest. And this is their fifth consecutive road game. They're missing Steph Curry. Last time these teams played, the Knicks lost by 10. They were still figuring out, and Steph Curry dropped five threes. They don't have that in this one. Uh, he's out dealing with his shoulder injury. Without him there to draw a lot of the attention, the Warriors' offense is going to struggle here, especially against this Knicks defense that's actually trying and playing hard, versus what we've seen from the Warriors on the road is that they're not. They're just kind of doing enough to hang in the mix here. Uh, I think that Jordan Poole will be the focus of their defense. Klay Thompson has struggled to create off the dribble, plus he's averaging 17 points on 32% shooting with Steph out of the lineup. So not expecting a huge game from him necessarily. And part of that is due to, of course, Quentin Grimes, Jalen Brunson going to cause uh, problems for this offense. So uh, on the other side, the Knicks offense, I think they have enough to get this done. They've been a little bit streaky. They have the 13th best scoring offense, but the Warriors on the road, 26 in points per game allowed. The Knicks are seven and no straight up and ATS in their last seven games overall, five wins by double digits, and they have the defense and the momentum. I think they handle this short-staffed Golden State Warriors team. Yeah, best active win streak in the NBA right now is mm -hmm. the New York Knicks. We'll see if they can keep it rolling tonight. In the NFL, the um, we don't need to talk about the Rams because that's, you know, dead and buried. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as the Chargers go, they're playing a lot better. Won three of their last four games, getting healthy. They've got the Colts this week who are going to be without Jonathan Taylor and we're on the receiving end, uh, the bad end, rather, of the biggest comeback in NFL history where they were up 33 nothing and then couldn't put anything together in the second half against the Vikings. How do things play out this weekend, in your opinion, between the Chargers and Colts? Chargers laying four. Uh, before I get into this, I am looking at Chargers uh, side for this one, but I am wondering about the Rams and what maybe you and Matt have thought about the Baker Mayfield short experiment we've seen so far. Uh, I mean, look, he has no offensive line and no weapons to mm -hmm. throw to and everything like that. I mean, it, the defense is not playing great either. They're in bad situations all the time. I, I, I don't really can't take anything from, from it. it. Yeah. yeah, I can't. Well, I, don't, yeah. I mean, and listen, with, who knows? I mean, do, we don't really know what's going to happen with Stafford, right? Yeah. So, I mean, this might be yeah. this might be a longer experiment than they even know. Well, and I just think that he got a little bit too much credit for what he did with, you know, four, three minutes <laughs> to play last game and everybody coming in just was a little bit too high on him maybe. That was my thought. Yeah. Uh, I'm with now, you here on the Chargers, I, though. If you're with the Chargers, yeah. I'm on the Chargers. Yeah, and I got nervous because there's a four here, and I could see people putting this into a six-point teaser, but I think four is still okay, even though it's possibly one of the least favorite numbers for me in football. Obviously, you'd love that three, which it was available. Now it's up to four. The Chargers have put together two wins over the Titans, over the Dolphins. Herbert, still elite. Only quarterback ever now to pass for over 4,000 yards in each of his first three seasons. And more importantly for the Colts, no Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he's missing the remaining three games of the season. High ankle sprain for him. 
the Colts are coming off the upset. So are they going to be upset and over and be able to come back? I don't think so without Jonathan Taylor. That's the path to beating this Chargers team. Plus, what's the motivation? The Chargers are now two games above 500 in line for a wild card spot. And what's up with the Colts? I mean, what are they really playing for? They're sitting at number six in the NFL draft with just three games to go. I like the Chargers in this spot. Yeah, Matt Ryan's washed Jeff Saturday ain't keeping that job no. and your best weapons on the sideline. So things are what they are. Danielle, appreciate the time as always. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, guys. Now go get some food. See, look what she did. She she does it right. She doesn't come in here eating snacks and choking on their water bottle. One, and... one, it is not a snack. Thank you very much. It is a vital, a vital portion of me getting my daily protein intake. That tastes like a dog treat. Oh, I gave you a bite <laughs> oh, of the one and you said it wasn't that That one bad. was okay. That's yeah. fair. I just like to give you grief. Churro flavor. <laughs> This is VSIN's final countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is the holiday season, and remember, everybody, VSIN is the gift that keeps on giving. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber for just 79 bucks and get access to everything we do from now through the big dance. Sign up today, and you'll also get 20 bucks to buy VSIN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and all the other great gear that's at our online store. Only VSIN Pro subscribers, though, get access to our daily recap of the top plays made from VSIN show hosts and guests. You get tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and bets are moving for each game, deep dive betting reports, plus our ongoing college bowl coverage with best bets on every bowl game. Remember, though, it's a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift. You get VSIN Pro access through the end of March Madness. Do it now at vsin.com. In subscribe. honor of our World Cup champions. It'll cost you 17,218 Argentine pesos. Oh, that's a lot. That's a lot. That is a lot. I think you should keep, stick to, like, Canadian at this rate. <laughs> it sounds expensive if you're that paying sounds... in Argentine pesos. <laughs> it really like, does. Wow, 17,218 of those things. Oh, my lanta. Ooh, I'm telling you. Um, while we are still at the half for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, second half lines, San Jose State minus three and a half for the second half, total 28 and a half. As far as the live line goes though i want to say 13 and a half is what i said earlier yeah san jose state getting 13 and a half for the game updated total for the game 71 and a half if you think that the spartans can come all the way back and win this bad boy plus 520 on the money line but i'm not holding my breath for that one and a half. <laughs> it has been so ugly because they go up 13 nothing and then 13-2, and then it just gets out of hand, gets out of hand, gets Rapidly. out of hand. So, not Can we have thrilled. a moment of silence? Four. RIP all my fantasy teams. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. You I done? done? I done been done. You done? Yeah. You I done? Was... Producer Steph, you done? Or are you still alive? You still alive? She's still alive. Uh, still rocking and rolling people. over there. I know. If only. I don't have that luxury. Yeah. I was so good the last two years, and this year just – been disgusting. Was it just? Did do you, do you blame it on your poor draft? Were you in bad no, injury luck? I think a combo of everything. I drafted poorly. <laughs> I had all my star players get injured. I had unfortunate bye weeks. It was mm, just the whole. The whole every, yes. I was Murphy's Law as mm, a fantasy team this year. The Not trifecta great. of death when it comes to <laughs> fa to fantasy for there. Well, for sure. let's uh, let's continue talking a little mm. bit of college football here because just some notable news. I don't think anybody expected that Max Duggan would 
opt out of the bowl game with TCU being in the CFP, but he is going to elect to put his name in for the draft, which I did think was interesting because he is somebody that has an extra year of eligibility like most players do with that COVID-19 year under his belt. He's already a graduate, though, and probably just trying to capitalize on the moment of coming in second in the Heisman Trophy voting and seeing what he can do in the draft. But that did surprise me a bit to see his name pop up yesterday. Yeah, mainly because he really hasn't been mentioned at all as far as like guys that, you know, may or may not. I mean, that said, I I mean, I guess Bo Nix decided to come back for his 57th year in college (laughs) or whatever. So that's one less guy that was draftable. That was, that, that would be, you know, maybe ahead of him or something like that. But yeah, it's, I don't know, curious decision because you're thinking at this point, it's kind of like best case scenario. You're like a day three pick, you know? Cause I mean, you're, that's that's where he's most likely to to get picked. So I don't I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't leave early for a day three. Because I mean, what if you have one of those just magical seasons where you where you rocket up a, a draft board? You know? I'm assuming in his mind he thinks this was as magical as his season's going to get, or or at least he has people in his ear saying that that you could only hurt your stock mm-hmm. by coming back for another season. Or for whatever reason, all the Richies at TCU are not giving him the NIL money. Not monies. giving him enough money to mean, come Seriously, back. Why, there's a bunch of rich people that go to TCU. <laughs> why does he not get all the NIL monies? Uh, what do you make of this line, though, against Michigan coming up in the Fiesta Bowl on December 31st? Uh, they're getting eight, seven and a half, a variety of places. I mean, this is a TCU team. Give them credit. They've won one possession games. They've had games that they've had to squeak out. They've won on the road. Obviously, they are coming off a loss in the Big 12 championship game against Kansas State. But TCU, I think, is a better team than they've gotten a ton of credit for, which is maybe why we've seen at least a little bit of line movement to their favor from the the places that do have seven and halves out there off the eight. Yeah, one real real quick. This didn't, this didn't take long. Uh, Ravens put Devin Duvernay on an IR. Okay. So, like, whatever happened to his foot at practice day was obviously – was was obviously terrible. So uh, that sucks. Just yeah. So again, just if you're betting the Ravens this week, just know that you're dealing with you know a, a, just a hodgepodge of guys that are out there running running routes. That's unbelievable. And then uh, Brian Allen and Ben's. What is it? How do you was it? Scroncheck. Scron. Scron. Scroncheck. Scron. Scron. Scroncheck. Is it check? Is it not just chronic? Scron- whatever it is. Uh, they're both out for the season. Okay. So the, so another offensive lineman, another wide Scron- receiver that check? they didn't have any of anyway. Yeah, I don't know. They had none anyway uh, are out for the season. I mean, it is going to be – I don't even know who they're going to run out basically at this at this point. So, anyway, sorry. Didn't mean to dis- derail, no. but this, this like – Again, it's like you had one good offensive lineman. Now he's out for the season, and you had a wide receiver that at least was getting targets. He is also out for the season as well. All right. Uh, going back to this Fiesta mm-hmm. Bowl game, though, I'm just – I think maybe that the eight points are reasonable. I haven't bet this game. I just think that if I had to pick one side or the other that I would prefer to have TCU. And, I mean, could Michigan outlast them in the second half because of depth? Absolutely. Does Michigan have some dynamic playmakers? Do they have a quarterback that's a dual threat in J.J. McCarthy? Again, absolutely. I just think that TCU is a better team than they're getting credit for, and and over a touchdown seems like a little bit too much to yeah, me personally. I, I think that the eight is kind of so. Here's the only reason I think it's appropriate is what do we what we've seen with these kind of powerhouse programs, and certainly the ones where we where we trust in the coaching staff, and I believe that we would all say that we trust in the Michigan coaching staff. So it's like when if this game was played on a week, only a week times to prepare, right? Like I would say for sure this is like way too many points for TCU, but. When you have like multiple weeks to prepare for a team that is inferior than you, like a lot of times we do see these teams that are that are just better go in and kind of take care of business, right? It's like because you've got the better players, you can come up with, you know, I would 
still give the lean, you know, the coaching staff, obviously, at Michigan, better than the, the ones at TCU, not not knocking TCU's coaching staff, mm-hmm. but I mean, they a very good situation at Michigan. It just is what it is. And so they kind of come in with these multiple weeks to prepare for these games and then just kind of like lay the wood okay. a lot of times. And so I think if I had to bet this one, which I don't have anything in my account, but I would probably take Michigan. Okay. On opposing sides mm-hmm. of our leans, but neither one of us yes. actually have something in pocket. Who knows in there. by the time it rolls around, yeah. you know. You know uh, Bijan Robinson, Texas star running back. He officially threw his name into the draft pool for 2023 mm-hmm. as well, which, I mean, it was expected. So he's not going to play in the Alamo Bowl against Washington. Neither will his backup running back, Roshan Johnson, or fifth year senior linebacker, DeMarvian Overshone. Again, all three of those were names that were expected not to be playing in this game. And once it was officially announced, though, we did see a line move from six to Texas now favored by four total in this one uh, sitting 68 right now. Yeah. And, and listen, I don't blame people for not acting on, because we stuff with Alabama, we, we were just yes, assuming one way point. and didn't went, then it went the other way and all that. Like I get it. Um, but the thing with Robinson, I mean, it was, I think he probably didn't even know how highly regarded he was in this draft until start, these mock drafts started rolling around. And then now it's kind of like the decision was almost made for him. I mean, this is in the era of running backs don't matter. And in the era of you should never, ever take a running back in the first round, all of these mock drafts that are coming out, all have him going in the first round. Mm-hmm. That speaks to his talent. That speaks to his upside and certainly speaks to um, why he would not choose yeah. to play in this game. Especially uh, th- that's the other thing we should also mention. Like, especially at the running back position, right? I mean, that's the that's like another big, big difference here with with this. It's like you're playing in a position where you're 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 just getting a car crash over and over and over and over again every every single time that you get the ball handed to you. And so it, it makes perfect sense yeah. to me. I thought it was already baked into the line, like you said. It apparently it wasn't. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, it's you know, without so, him, you don't really know what you get in this team. That's the other thing too. Like you take all these super key cogs out of these teams and you start to go I mean, what are, what are they, you know? Well, and that said, now at least someone like me is mm-hmm. kicking myself that I didn't take the six with Washington yeah. because I do think that they're a live dog in this spot. Washington, a 10-2 and two team. Michael Penix Jr. is already committed that he's going to be coming back next year for his sixth season. Kalen DeBoer did a really good job orchestrating the new structure of this Washington offense. They went from averaging 21.5 points per game last year to 40.8 points per game this season. So Washington was significantly improved. And so I, I like their chances in the Alamo Bowl. We do have one more game coming up tonight, though, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. The Roof Claim.com, Boca Raton Bowl. Seen a little bit of, of money coming in. People taking the Liberty side because that's gone from four and a half to now getting three and a half against Toledo. Total 51. Uh, Toledo, the MAC champion, Liberty without their head coach. But I mean, you said that, that yeah. they were made aware of that a little bit earlier, which might have led to the funkiness of their yeah, I'm just season. kind of buying into it. I took the plus 4.5 points in this one, um, mainly based off of what. You know, some of these guys are just much, much smarter at these smaller school program stuff that I am. They were basically saying, like, hey, look, Hugh Freeze was was stand up about this. He went in and told the team basically as soon as he started having high-level conversations that, hey, it looks like this could happen. It looks like I'm going to be out of here. And from that moment on, the team was just completely deflated and the team just, like, absolutely tanked here. But now they've had a little bit of time to kind of, you know, get their bearings about them. And it is a bowl game. And, you know, from a, t- from a talent standpoint – 
Um, apparently, they you know equal up, if not better, to, to what Toledo's going to put out. On the yeah, field. and I, we don't really know a lot still about the status of Daquan Finn. He's going to play in this game, mm-hmm. uh, quarterback for Toledo. And when he has played at full health, he's had a lot of success. Toledo had one of the best, if not the best, offenses in the MAC throughout the course of the regular season. Um, but he only led that Toledo offense to 17 points in the MAC championship against Ohio. And I know Ohio's mm-hmm. defense is good, but but they shouldn't be that good against a. a offense like that that was expected to click at such a higher rate so if he's truly as healthy as he's been in the regular season then i would like toledo in this game but i don't know which is why i didn't bet it the big take from bloomberg news brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world western nations like the u.s and europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. 
When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Lace up your cleats with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook and gear up because it's college bowl season, people, even though San Jose State is not treating me very well today. Log in to Bet Rivers every single game day, and you get a bet on behalf of Bet Rivers when you place a wager of at least 25 bucks. That's all you have to do. Bet Rivers has all the latest odds, lines, and boosts to create the perfect college game day experience for you. Head over to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today to get in on all the action. It's a whole new game. Stormy, do you know what tomorrow is? Tomorrow is Wednesday. Tomorrow is uh, National Signing Day. Oh, that's for, what it is. Uh, college football. <laughs> it's the first of it. You know, they do the two now, but basically the early. The letter of intent day, the right? The early one. Well, they do two signing days now. The early one is typically the one now that all the major players have, have moved to signing towards. They don't wait until February anymore with all of this. And so, as you would imagine, here's a shocker. Do you want to know what the number one recruiting class in the country is likely to be? I have a weird feeling that it is a Nick Saban-led yeah, team yeah. or a Georgia-guided oh, squad. That's one and two. Yeah, it's it's Bama and Georgia yet again. I mean, it's one of these things where— So Texas it, A&M didn't get over the hump this year. No, if you, wonder, if you wonder why, you know, these teams are consistently in the top every single year. I mean, so, of the top 150 players in the country, there, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of high school football players, right? The t- of the top 150 players in the country, Alabama has 13 of them committed to the class. Georgia has 13 of them committed to their class and each have two that are likely to – so they're doing the whole presentation thing tomorrow on television or so they haven't officially announced yet, but it's like it is – they are 100% like picked to go to either Bama and Georgia. So Bama would have 10% of the top 150 players in the country and Georgia would have 10% between the two 20% of the best 150 high school players in the country are going to those two schools. It is insanity. That's why every year when we get to the draft and you see how many players are in the draft from one of these top tier SEC schools and you come back the next year and wonder why they're favored to win yeah. the national championship. It's because they just restock. Yeah, They don't rebuild, they reload as they say. Yes, it is just absolutely crazy. Then you know, there are, you know, some some newcomers kind of this to this recruiting list if you do want to have some hope. If you're a Miami fan, Miami having a really good recruiting year. Uh, Texas, of course, they got the number one overall prospect in the country, Arch Manning. Yes, he is a Manning. Um, he is the he is that Manning. one of the, <laughs> yes, 6'4", 220 as a high school kid, like just the prototypical, like, best prospect apparently since, you know, since, since Andrew Luck, all the different stuff like that. So uh, you do have that if you're a Texas fan. Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Clemson are all likely to have top 10 classes as well this year. Okay. So maybe Clemson gets back to it's, – it's funny, again, though, how we refer to this year and They do last the least with the it? most, though. Clemson always does the least with the most. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's not nice. Yes, they do the least with the most. They always have they always have good players and don't do anything with it. Um, let's do our updated power yes. ratings rankings this week. Um, a lot of similar faces and characters that we had last week in our top 10 – 
But uh, we have both done some shuffling here. One thing that remains consistent, though, is that we have the same team going number one, although it is a different team. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are our top-ranked team coming into this week. Yeah, for me, there was, you know, we had to make some moves based off of the based off of what we got last week. I mean, what we got yesterday. And so, you know, the Eagles were, would have been the top rank. So the version of this list that I made yesterday morning, the Eagles were the number one team. And then now they have to be downgraded to, yep. to, to four at this point. And that's just being, and that might even be being a little, little too generous to them because, you know, look at this point, if Gardner Minshew isn't what he was the last time we saw Gardner Minshew, let's remember, I mean, he hadn't played meaningful snaps in a couple of years. Right. And so, if he is, you know, not what we think, then 49ers, Cowboys, all of them could easily be, you know, ahead of uh, of the Eagles in these ratings whenever we're talking about this team next, whenever we're talking about this list next week. So, Bills, Bengals, Chiefs, Eagles for me as the top four. Um, 49ers, Cowboys, Dolphins, Chargers come in as six, seven, and uh, five, six, seven, and eight for me. The 49ers are the super interesting case here. Mm-hmm. Will Brock Purdy continue with his success? Will there end up being kind of like we saw with Cooper Rush whenever he had like that little stretch of of good games for the Cowboys, but then they got tape on him and then they were able to figure out some of his tendencies and figure out how the game plan was getting called. That's the other thing to realize about these newer quarterbacks, right, is not only do you not have tape on them and their tendencies and things that they do well and don't do well, but you also don't know how the offense is going to be called either because you have to get new you have to get new play calls. You have to get new offensive structure for these new quarterbacks when they come in. So we'll see how that, how long this all lasts. But as of now, that defense and the way he's playing, I do have them at five. Cowboys at six, Dolphins at seven, Chargers at eight, and then I finish out with Vikings, Lions, nine, ten. You could really kind of mm-hmm. coin toss either one of those like last three teams. I think that it's all fine for me. Dolphins are maybe a tier above them just because of what they bring on the offensive side. But again, I think seven, eight, nine, ten, put them in a put them in yeah. a jar, shake it up. It doesn't really matter to me. They did nearly pull off the upset this yeah. week. Um, but the Dolphins have just been a little bit wonky for me the last couple weeks. And so I just mm-hmm. haven't really trusted them as much because of the way that they've played specifically on the road. So maybe now yeah. as they get back home, they'll have a little bit of a restructuring in my brain. Um, as far as the 49ers go, I have them listed four to your five. So still in that same range, especially with the the remaining schedule that they have ahead at home against Washington here in Vegas against the Raiders. And they close out the season against the Arizona Cardinals. I feel relatively confident that Brock Purdy Mm. will still be able to manage his weapons around him effectively enough to close out the regular season on a high note. Uh, It's just kind of a matter of what happens after that, because I mean, the defense is going to give him the support he needs as long as he's able to get the ball out to his playmakers. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Like, even without Debo Samuel, we thought they were able to do. So um, I like them there. My question to you about the chiefs and I, I downgraded them a good bit to five because of how their defense has played the past, what three weeks now. Um, so I'm curious your opinion on, on why the chiefs are still so highly rated for you. Is that strictly like a Patrick Mahomes offensive grade? Or, I mean, look at the last three weeks, they lose to the Bengals, allowing 27 points. They beat the Denver Broncos, let that offense put up 28 on them. And then the Houston Texans, they nearly lose in overtime uh, and allow Houston to put up 24. Yeah. The, the box score in that one's a little wonky. I mean, they outgained the Houston by over 200 yards in that game, and and they just couldn't get in into the end zone a couple of different times, mainly because they can just score and they just yeah. and like it, it, 
the defense certainly is a concern, which is why I was saying whenever we did this last week, like, I don't think these teams at the top are bulletproof like we thought at mm-hmm. the beginning of the season. Like this was, I thought there was going to be a very, very clear one and two with an Eagles team kind of nipping at their heels and then basically everybody else. And that has proven to be not the case for me now. I think that there's vulnerabilities in all of these teams at the top, which is why I have Cincinnati all the way up at number two, because listen, this is a team that on the offensive side, we know incredibly explosive, going to be able to move the ball and score on basically anybody. But the defense has come around so much so where I honestly think that if, you know, on a neutral field, I am not really rating this team that much below the Bills, and I would take the Bengals on a neutral field in front of the, against the Chiefs right now, you know, and, and, like, I really would. And so I'm not doing this to kind of make a statement or anything, right? Like, I'm actually doing this because on a neutral field, all things equal, mm-hmm. if Trey Henderson's back for the Bengals, which he's practicing again today and like whatever and all the things like that, like, I would take Cincinnati against this Chiefs team, this version of the Chiefs team right now. So um, where we are at this point in the season, I've seen some ratings out there that are pretty interesting, which neither one of us have them in there, but that have the Jets in at number 10. And I, I, I say, like, we, I, I kind of got to ask yourself, it's a Jets team that is a dog at some books at home against the Jags this week. Would you have the Jags then, like, you know, uh, rated at 11 or not? Like, that was a, that's a very curious thing to me, like, that the, the Jets are so highly regarded by a lot of these well, people out are, there. Are the Lions in the top 10 for them as well? Some. Or some it's, for you know, those some, people, I guess yes, I'm like, asking. Yeah, like some, but some some still have the Jets up there. And I mean, listen, I get it. It's a different team with Mike White at quarterback than it is with Zach Wilson. But, you know, this should be a week-to-week exercise because, again, like the Eagles would be number one for me if Jalen Hurts wasn't hurt. Jalen Hurts is hurt. And so they have to be number four for me. This has to be a week-to-week exercise with trying to figure out what these teams look like given the current situation whenever they take the field this next week. It's different what we're doing with this than what mm-hmm. Vinny and them have to do with kind of like a long-term power rating. Like, we're, we're trying to bet, like, this week. Like, what do these teams look like this week? Because yeah. we care about what they how they match up against these teams this week. So, uh, you referenced it a little bit earlier, and I don't want to put you too much on the spot mm-hmm. if you don't have it at hand, but who are some of your, your unexpected maybe bottom teams right now in your 32? Yeah, I mean, like I said, the definitely the – the Rams are way, way down there, much further down than I thought that they were going to be in all of this. I can actually, I can actually pull up real quick, just kind of these, these bottom ones, and, and let you know how mine ended up. Yeah, so it's kind of like thirty-two Texans, thirty-one is the Cardinals, thirtieth Rams, twenty-ninth. I have the Panthers, twenty-eighth. I have the Bears, twenty-seventh. I have the Falcons. So I mean, really, I guess the Cardinals and Rams like massive yeah. fall. But again, we're talking about. Two teams completely beaten up, and then now the Cardinals being quarterbacked by Trace McSorley. I mean, like, you know, they've, they've got to be literally a bottom 3-14. Yeah, it's wild to think about, especially when you guys, you want to talk about Kyler Murray's being an MVP candidate, and then you see the season that he put on now, and obviously he's on uh, dealing with a season-ending injury now. That's a wrap for us today. Thanks to JVT and Danielle Alvaro. You can catch Von Tobel, though, on the other side, filling in. Prime primetime, coming up next. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.